stand this morning.
song of celebration Lift up a shout of praise For the bridegroom will come Hear the ladies sing a song. song 
the song of the Lamb. We'll join in the song of the Lamb. And I praise you, God.
to see you. Only I my
and dwelt among us. The scripture says that they beheld his glory. Hallelujah. It's God Almighty in the person of the Son redeeming the world. 
reconciling sinners to a holy God. Now, do you believe that this morning, church? For it is by grace through faith this morning, not of works, lest any man should boast. That's the gospel. God made a way. Did you hear the promise this morning? We started this service on our knees, pleading for our nation. And it's not just here where there's brokenness and there's hurt. It's like Rob said, it's everywhere. We just express it differently. We might not like the way they're doing it, but we've got to listen and we've got to speak up and we've got to speak the truth into that lie, into the many lies that are being told and believed. Just because somebody tells a lie doesn't mean you have to believe it. You don't have to act on it. Rebuke it. Stand up. If you know the truth, you are a truth teller. You are being called. This is your time. And as we just sang, the Revelation song is talking about the end of time, the end of this broken, often miserable, painful place. And we know that we will stand before the holy, almighty, sovereign creator of everything. What a privilege. And I just have a sense that we're not done this morning. And I have kind of a rebuke for you. 
You are lousy dancers. Lousy. I am angry. I'm going to let loose on you. I don't have a lot of time left here. You are a chosen people. God is doing mighty things in you and in this place. Do not become complacent. Do not take it for granted. And as God's people, you have a promise. We sang through this song, we will dance, and we kind of wiggled and we kind of moved our hands. You will dance on streets of gold. You will be in the presence of God Almighty. And if you have lost sight of that, this is your chance to look up again. Open your eyes and see his glory. He is at work. Don't miss that. I'm going to give you a second chance. We need to do We Will Dance again. And this time, don't mess it up. You ready? them this morning. Much better. Thank you.
doesn't this look good? You can get these in the cafe to support the youth group. <laughs> Amen. <sighs> you know, when I get to heaven, the Bible says that I'm going to have a new body. And my prayer, and my wife's prayer, is that I'll be able to dance better. Because I just, you know, I just kind of move and swing, but we need to dance, right? You know, it's, whew. Someone was like, okay. Woo. It's okay to celebrate, though. Amen. <sighs> hey, um, we got, well, I'm going to, we've got a number of things to, to, to this morning. And so a few announcements. Um, in two weeks is the going away uh, after church lunch for Robert and Julie. And they're leaving on the 12th, or leaving on the 13th, but on the 12th is the Sunday. Um, we're going to celebrate them. We're going to do like a taco salad, a taco bar. We're going to, um, you know, we're just going to have faith. We're gonna bring, you know, we're going to bring things. We're going to do as best as we can. We're, but we're going to have a, a, a kind of a potluck taco bar thing going. Next week, we'll have some sign-up sheets. And, um, and so you can bring things. And, and I mean, I, this never has to be said, but if it has to be said, then we've already been in trouble. When you make what you make to bring it, you know, please don't sneeze in the food. <laughs> I'm like, right? I mean, you know, it's, it's like, be, let's be careful. Let's, let's, we're going to do that. We're going we're gonna to do the safest we can. But we're going to have immediately after church, we're going we're gonna to laugh. We're going to cry. We're going to celebrate what God has, had brought us. And, and, and we're going to send them off to their next assignment, which is up north in Aiden, California, um, going to be um, back part of her dad's business, uh, continuing to write music. Um, it's going to be a real loss. So uh, we are going to miss them. But we're going to send them as best as we can. So bring a card. Um, you know, they probably don't want to pack a whole lot extra, but I, we want to bless them with gift cards and, and you know, gas money to, as they go. So... Bring a gift, bring a card for them. That's in two weeks. Um, you know, kind of publicly, this week I'm, I'm taking off, so I will not be available for the next, you know, week, week and a half. Some of you said, let's get together. It's going to be after, um, when are we coming back? July 7th, July 8th. Um, so next week, Pastor Mickey's going to be preaching, bringing the word. And so uh, we're going to take attendance. So you've got to be here and um, come for the word. And... Um, and, and, then, and, uh, and then two weeks will be the celebration for that, uh, for Robert and Julie going away. Um, you know, for tithes and offerings, we're going to pray over the offerings and the tithes. Um, if you're visiting, um, we just have boxes in the back. And you can uh, give as the Lord directs you. If you're visiting, please tithe to your home church. That's what you always should do. You tithe to the place that you, you live and you're, and you're fed on a regular basis. If God puts it on your heart mm -hmm. to bless the ministry here, that's awesome. We will receive it. We, we are a non-denominational church, but we prefer 50s and 100s. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Some of you are like, I don't even get that one. Anyways, praise the Lord. Um, you know, the world needs Jesus, and that's where we're going to continue to, 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 to announce him and bring him forth. Hey, um, right now we want to, and this is kind of the, the thing, most of them are probably under the tent. 
But we want to honor graduates right now. And we have a number of them graduating from eighth grade, from high school, or from college, because there might even be some college graduates in here. Ellie. And so we want to honor, and, and so we have, we know that Aiden just, see, I'm going to start naming, then I'm going to miss something, so that's the problem. But I know that we have Aiden out there, he just graduated. Woo! <laughs> Julie had two graduates, Ellie and Eli. Ellie graduated from college, Eli from high school, so that's awesome. And they might be watching online, congratulations. Um, but if, if you did graduate, go ahead and just stand up, even out under the tent, because I can see you if I go like this. Anyways, and we're going to, okay, so there's no one in here, so they're all out under there. Did you, you, you graduated. Yes, that's you. Woo! That's awesome. So let's, I'm going to pray for these. Let's, let's join in prayer. I mean, you know, those graduating, this is our future, right? I mean, you know, these young people, they're going to shape uh, the, the nation. They already, I believe the young people of today have a louder voice than I think in any generation previous. There's something, I mean, you hear about how they're shaping thought, and, and, and it's, it's very interesting. And here, here's the thing, and I'm going to speak to the graduates. You have so much to offer, but you're not fully cooked. Okay? Okay? You know, you're, it, you keep moving. Offer what you have, but don't forget to learn from those who've gone before. You know, just because we're not as tech savvy as you, though I, I will put myself up against many of you, okay? Just because we're not as tech savvy as you doesn't mean that, that you should ignore some of the wisdom that's coming. So, but on the other side, you're coming into this time, especially high school, college graduates, where, the, where, where we're listening, I think, more than we used to. And, um, and so have a voice for Jesus, have a voice for, for uh, what God would say is right. Don't just get caught up in, and this is one of the things that, that the young generation uh, has, has tended to do, and probably, actually, we all did it when we were younger. We get swept up into our emotions. Well, m emotions are part of passion. That's awesome. But, but bring Jesus, bring the Word of God into every decision you make. So be passionate, but also be focused. So we're going to pray for you, um, all of you, eighth grade, high school, college graduates, and those that aren't here today. Let's just, let's just join in prayer. Amen. Father, we thank you for this next generation coming. God, we need a godly generation. I thank you that they're here this morning and that as they would go to the next step, that they would open their hearts even more to you to learn from you. But God, that you would take their youth, you would take their zeal, you would take their passion and that your spirit would ignite that, that they would be mighty in the hands of Almighty God to be world changers, planet shakers. God, that they would do something awesome and mighty for you. God, put anointings and gifts upon them that they would go and not just be like every other millennial or every other Gen Z, God, but they would actually rise above and, and they would be even countercultural in their culture to point people to truth. God bless them. We thank you for your provision on them. We thank you for hearts that, that go after social injustices, God. We pray that you would keep that focused. 
and that they would just be blessed in the name of Jesus. Father, for the eighth grade graduate and going into high school, prepare them, God, for this next season where, where they're going to uh, uh, even be challenged more in their faces and in, in the things that are going through. Prepare them to be um, just a, a, a standard for Jesus in their schools, even if it's at a homeschool in their youth groups. God, for high school graduates going into college, God, I pray that you would give them a solid connection and a chain that can't be broken to the word of God because they'll be challenged with philosophies and teachings that are countercultural and counterbiblical. Bless them, God. Help them to come back to the things that they know and let them know you and the foundation that their life is built on. Bless them now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. I still like the youth. They let me hang out every once in a while with them. Amen. Um, at the end of the service, now I'm looking at usually Jesse or Julie or someone else. Am I, did I miss anything? I don't think so. Other than at the end of the service, which isn't too far from now, I'm going to preach really fast. We're going to pray for Zach. And we're going to, uh, let me get on with the word. <laughs> so this morning, before we get to that, I'll do that later. I want, we're going to begin a series of messages. And so I don't know what Mick was planning on preaching next week, but we'll talk about it. I'm going to give him a couple ideas because I really feel like we're going to go on onto a series of messages. And I, I wrestle over the title a little bit. I'm not really good with titles. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, um, and, and, and I've heard that you should have a catchy title. And I've, every once in a while I come up with a really good title. Most of my messages don't have them, which I need to start titling them. That way we can put them on the website, right? Um, but I, I also think if you're going to have a title, it's good to purvey truth, um, that it will say something on its own. Catchy is good, but it also can be very powerful for the, for the title itself to speak so loudly that people will remember it. And, and in that title, it could even cause you to rehearse the message. And I'm hoping that this week's in this series will do that. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking into um, habits of highly effective Christians. Now, I stole the idea from Stephen Covey, but I didn't put a number with it. Um, if, if, if you've ever, have any of you ever read the book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? Okay, it's an amazing book. It goes along with First Things First. I highly recommend both of those. Either one or the other, you could read them both for sure. Um, but Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, written in the 90s, I believe, by a man named Stephen Covey, who is a motivational and leadership, uh, in a sense, guru. He had so many good things to say. Uh, his company then merged with the other big uh, company that was uh, putting out things of like getting your life in order, Franklin. Remember Franklin? Well, now it's Franklin Covey. And, and Franklin was from Benjamin Franklin Franklin. So um, the idea of, of learning how to live an effective life. So, so I'm taking the message from him, but I'm not putting a number there. Uh, I want this to be about habits of highly effective people. And so because of the influence of the book throughout the time, I'm going to every once in a while bring up some of his principles because his principles are life principles. i got to get this closer so they can hear me at home and you can hear me. Well, now it's really loud. Sorry. 
I'll get it up. If, I, if it's not up here, they can't hear me at home and Bob saying, thank you, Rob. Okay. Um, and so his principles are life principles that we need um, to, to really uh, live in a more effective life. So I'll refer to some of his principles because the things in my message are more about the things that we should have as habits to be effective Christians. Um, and so some of you might even be going, you know, why are we talking about, if you know him, why are we talking about a book? Why are we talking about a book by a Mormon? And Stephen Covey, I'm going to just, you know, in case you didn't know Stephen Covey, yeah, he's a, he was a Mormon. He passed away in 2012. He didn't write a Mormon book. He wrote a leadership book. He wrote a life book. And, and if you're concerned about those things, you know, it's like, well, I don't want to have anything to do with Mormons, which I hope that's not the case. We, we love all. Then stop using Black & Decker. Don't, don't fly JetBlue. Don't use Melaleuca. Um, all these companies were founded and or are, are owned by uh, Mormons. In fact, if you look at the, the Mormons, they, they have such good principles in their life. Um, that they often are successful. And we could learn a lot from principle-centered living. So it's all about principles. So I want to break down the, the, the name a little bit first. Effective. Habit, uh, habits. Oops, I skipped a whole page. It just went away. <laughs> or it didn't print. Printing on two sides. Now I'm in trouble. Okay, there we go. Printing on double sides. Okay. I'm like, I lost a whole page. I want to, okay, so habit. Simple. What's a habit? Well, a habit, according to the dictionary, is this. It's a settled or regular tendency or practice. We all have habits. They're, they're things that we just do. We don't even think about some of our habits. Um, the way you brush your teeth, you start on the same side of your mouth every time you do it. Okay. Here's one that got me even this morning. I was putting on my socks. Imagine you putting on your sock real quick, okay? Which foot did you start with? Now, I want you to do this. I want you, to, if you can even begin to do this, try to begin to put your first so sock on the other foot. Do you get it? It's weird, isn't it? Can you put the pant leg on the other leg first? These are... <laughs> You're going to go home, and next time you get dressed, you're like, okay, wait. Oh, I always do it. I, always, I go left and then right. You're going to go, you're going to try to do it, and the other way, it's going to feel wrong because you've developed a habit, okay? The way you drive, you have driving habits. We have habits all the time. So we want to talk about our habits, which are settled or regular. Uh, it's a settled or regular tendency or practice. It's not just done once or occasionally. It is done all the time. And as Christians, we want to talk about some of the habits that we should have in order to be what the next word is, effective. I'm talking about habits for effective Christians. Habits for effective. Effective means this simply, successful in producing a desired or intended result. Here's the thing. We all live lives that are not very effective in most things we do. We do things all the time, but they're not always effective. And some of you right now are probably beginning to think, yeah, you're right. Some of you will go back to parenting moments, and you realize that what you did was not always effective. You just did it. That's, that's, I've done that many times. Sadly, we did it again. 
and it wasn't effective the second time. We did it again, and it wasn't effective the third time, and we kept doing it. We don't want to do that. We want to have habits that are effective to the goal that we want to reach. And, and if you go back, and, and again, I encourage you to do this, begin to read some of these. There's other great books, but First Things First, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, it will help you begin to, to do things with a more focused uh, way because even as the, the uh, definition of effective is, is that it, it's going to reach or um, an intended desire. So, so immediately, in order for, for you to be effective, you have to actually think about what you want it to look like at the end. And that's, that's, that's one of the principles of first things first, is start with the end in mind. Have you ever built anything? Anyone ever built anything? you ever built anything and didn't know exactly what it was going to look like at the end? And, and it doesn't work real good. You just start building, and then and along the way you realize that things happen. But when you, when you build something with something at end in mind, it's like going to build a house. You go and get the plans drawn up. So when you start building it, at the end you have a house. Start with the, the end in mind. So... We used to buy uh, cleaning products. Uh, there was uh, we used to get these certain brand of cleaning products that that uh, were were you know environmentally friendly, and and they were supposed to be really wonderful. The problem was they weren't very effective at removing stains and actually cleaning. I mean, you know, it, it, it smelled good. It might have gone of a little bit clean, but it wasn't effective at removing stains. And so we stopped using those products because it wasn't getting the job done. When I was young, we used to build forts. We used to build tree houses. We would find uh, old um, abandoned sheds. And uh, we used to live on Pine Knot, and there was an old, old shed up there. And um, we'd always want to put a door on it. And you might have built something with a door or done something else, a little cabinet. And when the cabinet or the door didn't lock, what did you do as a kid? You took a nail. And you pounded the nail in halfway, and then you bent the nail over, and you swiveled it, right? Remember doing that? And, and that's what we'd do. That would, that's what we would do for our locks on our forts. We'd pound the nail in, bend it over, and then we'd just swivel it to, to keep the door shut. Now, it was effective to keep the door shut against wind. The wind wouldn't blow it open. It was not effective against the other kids kicking it in and shooting us with their BB guns because that's what we used to do growing up. It's not effective as a lock, but it is effective to keep it closed. We want things in our life that are effective to reach the purpose. So we want to spend some time talking about effectiveness in our lives. And, it, and if I were to ask the question, you wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do this because I think that you might think that you're going to be the only one in here because tendencies are that but if I were to ask the question, who in here doesn't think they've lived an effective Christian life, all of us would raise our hands. We really would. I don't think anyone would say, yes, I have lived a totally effective Christian life. You know, and so we all have area to grow. And so we're going to spend some weeks talking about some of these habits so that we become more effective. You have to ask these questions. What do we want to see? What do we want to see in our life? 
What do we want to see uh, even in our parenting? Because as a Christian, as we get these things taken care of in our life, every other part of our life will get better. The last word I want to talk about, and, and this, we're not going to get very far in the message. We're going to hit all the habits starting next week. I might barely touch one. Christian. I want to spend some time on this word, Christian. Um, habits of highly effective Christians. What's a Christian? In order to, if we're going to talk about what, you know, this thing about habits of highly effective Christians, we need to actually begin to understand what a Christian is. The term Christian is actually a very interesting one. As I've read the Bible over and over and over again, it actually appears to me that it wasn't Jesus' intention for us to be called Christians. It, he, he never used the term for us. The Bible says that it was other people who first started calling the disciples or the believers, the followers of the way. They started calling them Christians in Antioch. Peter used the term one time. Peter used it just one time. It's found in three. The word Christian is only found three times in the Bible. Isn't that wild? And yet we use it to describe ourselves. So I want to talk about what it means today and what it did mean then, and maybe some other terms that, that can help us. Um, the word Christian comes from Jesus' last name, which was Christ. Some of you actually might, have, might think that Jesus' last name is Christ. It's not. Here's some news. And his middle name is not H. His last name is not Christ. He was Jesus the son of Joseph and Mary, okay? Christ is actually a Greek word that would come from, it's not similar, but it would mean the same as the Hebrew word, was, was, which, which is Messiah, Mashiach. And Christ simply means Messiah or anointed one. So it was really a title, is Jesus the Christ? Is he the anointed one? Is he, is he the Messiah? Is he the one that the Jews were expecting? And so so because we, we, the believers at that time, all the apostles, they thought he was the Christ, they would call him Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Christ. He was the anointed one. He was the one who was going to save them from everything. And so eventually the followers of, of Jesus became the followers of the Messiah, Christians. It actually was a derogatory term. It was kind of like, say, you're just like one of the little Jesus followers, you know? I mean, it wasn't good, but, but it was adapted to us, and Peter did use it himself. Um, and so we're not going to throw this term out, but we need to understand it a little bit that, that it, it had a different meaning then than it does today. Um, today, most people, so many, many people in the United States still would say, well, I'm a Christian but then they'll add things like, but I don't go to church. I'm a Christian, but I don't like organized religion. And for that, I always have one question. Well, if you don't like organized religion, do you like disorganized religion? But, but, but there's this thing. But a lot of people still say, but I, I kind of subscribe to Christianity. If, if that's the definition of Christianity, then we in this room, anyone listening to my voice, needs to change their term. Because that, if that's a Christian, then, then it doesn't mean anything. Because I know people who say that they're Christians who do not live a Christian life whatsoever. They're, they're immoral. They, they, they don't 
um, follow the teachings of Jesus. They don't read their Bible and therefore follow any of the instructions in the Word of God. They just have a term. And so we want to be careful to, to dig deeper on the term, what is a Christian, so that we can really rise to the occasion of what it is. I'm not going to go here very far at all because it's not in the notes and it could, I don't want to. We understand what a police officer should be, right? We've been thinking a lot about that. What a police officer should be. And if, if a person's actions don't live up to that standard, we, are, we as a nation are beginning to say, and rightly so, they should not be called police officer, right? We'd agree with that. There are people who have the title who should not have the title police officer. What if we began to change that into Christianity? There are people who have the title Christian who should not have the title Christian because they don't live up to the standard of what Christ set. And so we're going to talk about some of the other names that we could use. And I'm not saying to get rid of it, but I'm saying let's, ri let's rise our lives up to, so that it could actually make a statement of what a Christian should be. The, the, the Bible teaches that the followers of Jesus um, were, were called many other things besides Christians. They were called, first, probably, um, followers. When, when Jesus, when Jesus uh, first started his ministry, he'd go to them and say, follow me. And so they began to follow him. Now, in that day, in that day it was really common for rabbis to have a following of people. And they would go and they would teach, and each rabbi would have a little following that would go, and everywhere they went, they would listen to his teaching. And if you were the, the best of the best uh, of, of, the, of the disciples of any, any teacher, which was a rabbi, um, then you could be his number one. And there was a saying back then, I'll preach this message another time, but it was an awesome saying because it was so full of, of meaning. And they would say to someone, um, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. May you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. And it meant that you were so closely following him that he allowed you to, to, to walk with him and follow him that his dust from his feet would literally walk, uh, you know, rush up upon you, and you were close to the, t to the rabbi, too close to the master. Boy, we should have that in our lives, that, that we could all be covered in the dust of our rabbi, our teacher, our Messiah, Jesus. So they were followers at first, and as then as the followers began, he began to help them understand that they were to be disciples. And disciples, even in the Greek, simply meant it was a, it was a disciplined follower. It was a student but it was a disciplined student. It was somebody who was wanting to learn, wanting to grow, the person who was close to their rabbi so that the dust would cover them, disciples. That's what Jesus actually said to his disciples. He said, go into the world, make converts. He didn't say that. He didn't tell his disciples to make converts. He said, go make disciples. We make converts. And we stop. A convert is somebody who, who we go, do you want to go to heaven or hell? And people go, uh, if, I, if I have to choose, I think I'll choose heaven. Great. Say this prayer, and you can go to heaven. And, and that, that's, I've literally watched people lead somebody to Jesus with something that simple. And they go, well, hey, heaven sounds good to me. And so they pray a prayer, and they become a convert. If they're even saved, I don't think so. 
But that's all. They don't become a disciple. Jesus said, go make disciples. A disciple is a disciplined learner. It's somebody who's working at growing in their faith. He doesn't want converts. He wants disciples. Now, in the early days, Christian was derogatory. You wouldn't want that term on you. You would get persecuted for that term. So you would reject it. It wasn't in, in, in America up until recently. Being Christian was fine, and it's beginning to change. It's beginning to change, but being a Christian in this nation 30 years ago, well, yeah, man, if you were to say 30 years ago, if you were to say something like, I'm a, I'm a Muslim, people would have been freaked out in this nation. If you would have said anything, well, I'm a Buddhist, we would have been freaked out in this nation. There was very few people that were really accepted to be other religions. Christian was what we were. Now... There's a little bit of persecution, and I'm glad because we get to choose whether we want to be lined up with that because in the beginning, it was a choice. And if you were going to be a follower of Jesus, a Christian, you would be persecuted. Another one was a follower of the way, and they said that because Jesus was the way to heaven, and so they actually began to call it the way, and they called it a sect of Judaism. But, but I, the, the term that I think is, is amazing for us is that is disciple. Christian should be synonymous with disciple. And I, I've even asked people at times, I said, so, you know, how's your Christian life? And would you consider yourself a disciple? Oh, no, I'm, I'm not a disciple. I just love Jesus. Hear me. Don't stop with, I'm just a Christian. I love Jesus. We need to press on. And see what he has for us. Here's some other things that Jesus called us. Jesus said, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. So we were both. We are both. We're servants. Well, servants of God do what the, what the master says to do. I mean, are, are you, how, how are you doing? Are you a servant? Or, or, or you go, oh, no, 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 I'm, I, I'm not really serving. I just, I just love God. In fact, some people are Christians not to serve God, but for God to serve them. And they've heard, say a prayer and you get to go to heaven, and also you get to have your best life now. Oh, man, that's, doesn't that sound good? How do I, sign me up. Is it a multi-level marketing plan? Do I have to recruit other people? Because it sounds really good, but what's my buy-in as long as I get the, the blessings? You mean I have to have a party and invite my friends over to get this deal too? I don't know. No, that's not what Christianity is. It's not the, what do I get out of it? We're servants. We're servants of an amazing, gracious, loving God. We are the servants of the Old Testament who, when you were a slave of somebody... Yeah, slavery was in the Bible, not the kind of slavery that this nation saw. The, the Jews had slaves. They had slaves from other nations, and they had their own slaves. Their own people were in slavery to each other. They would let their slaves go every seven years. It was, it was, it was a servant thing, but at the end of, end of your seven-year your term, or at the end of your six-year term, you could choose to become a lifelong servant. You'd choose it, though. You say, you can be with this master forever. Oh, and if you do, this master will take care of you for life. He'll feed you. He'll clothe you. 
he was supposed to treat, treat them well. And that's, that's the ear-piercing thing in the Bible. They would put the ear up against the doorpost and they'd pierce it with an awl to say that this was a, a volunteer servant, a volunteer slave who chose to be with his master. Guys, let's all go get an ear-piercing. Ear let's all get an ear-piercing that says, I choose to be a servant of my master. But the servant doesn't sit on the chair and say, Master, I'm hungry. Master, I don't like my car. Give me a new one. That's not the servant's job. The servant's job is to serve. But we have a master who, in the process, often hears our prayers and says, I'm going to bless you with a car. I'm going to bless. He does sometimes. Who's ever been blessed by God in a way that they just thought was amazing? Right? So I'm not saying that, that, that being blessed is wrong. What I'm saying is our heart attitude has to be right. We are here to serve God, not to be served by him. Jesus even said the same thing. The Son of Man came to serve and give himself a ransom. We're supposed to be like Jesus. So pick your term. Better yet, let's merge all three. As we begin this whole process over the next few weeks, and, and these things, are the, the, the things we're going to talk about, um, they're going to be really good. It's just the, the, the habits that, that can be in the life of an effective Christian. But let's merge some of these terms. Let's merge Christian with disciple and realize that you can't be one without the other not really you you can you can call yourself a christian I, I knew a guy i actually helped get him arrested by the fbi um actually but he used he used to say he was a cia agent he he, he came and he, he dated a couple of people in the church and i got involved and he was a bad man. And he told me he was a CIA agent. He showed me a badge. And he told me he had a gun. So I called the FBI. And I said, this guy's bad news. And they said, well, you know, it's, it's actually legal to, do, to impersonate an agent. You can tell somebody you're a CIA agent. And I said, yeah, but he showed me a badge. And they went, what? He showed you a badge? He says, okay, now you've got my attention. That is illegal. So th we talked. They were investigating him already. The two groups got together, and he got arrested for something else. Anyways, that's just kind of a fun story. He was impersonating a CIA agent. Let's not be impersonating a Christian. Christian is disciple, is servant, is friend. See, Jesus wants to be your friend. This isn't... A, a, a slave trader, master who beats his slaves, as we saw horrifically, we didn't see, we've read, was horrifically done in this nation. Not just against African Americans, but it was also done against even the Irish. It was, there was a lot of slavery in this nation. The Indians, the whole thing, Native Americans. That's not the, that's not the master relationship that we have with, with our Jesus. He is our Lord, which means master. He's our God. We're his servants. We're his disciples. That means he's a teacher. How many, how many 
masters spend time teaching. Uh, doesn't happen. He's also our friend. So when we say Christian, when we talk about habits of highly effective Christians over the next numerous weeks, because we're going to spend time on each one, we're going to be talking about things that help us to be effective in this world and to live the Christian life as we will we'll get further into it and understanding that we are those Christians, that we are disciples, servants, friends of our God. In the process, I thought about all the things that we're, we're called to do and to be, and we're going to get into some of these because if we, if, and you could even do this this week. Let's do that if you remember to do this. This week, spend some time writing down all the things you think you should be doing for God. It'll be a fun exercise. You're going to have a whole bunch of stuff you're going to be writing down. And some of those you're going to be going, man, that's a, that's a lot. That's a lot. But what we're going to try to do is, is put it into a perspective. I'm going to give a real quick, quick list, and then you can write these yourself. Okay? This is just a short list. This is an exhaustive. Here's some things that I believe the Bible teaches us to do. Love God. Love man. Die to yourself. Be humble. Don't gossip. Don't be drunk, but be sober-minded. Don't have sex out of marriage. In fact, don't be sexually immoral at all. Don't lie. Don't steal. Be kind. Be patient. Obviously, Jesus never drove in the mountains on a holiday weekend. Have self-control. Ditto from the last one. Um, anything else? Don't grumble. Not even grumbling, Lord? Don't grumble. Don't complain. Any more? Wives, submit to your husbands. Oh, that's a good one. Husbands are supposed to do something, too. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. I mean, we could go on. I could go on. I want you to go on. I want you to write all these things down because what you're going to do is go, I can't do it. I can't do it. And we're going to get into that because you can't do it. But Christ in you, which is going to be part of the message, can. See, we get empowered with the Holy Spirit, which is God. So, but write some of these things down, and you're going to say, okay, so these are the, what God is wanting me to be, and if these are the, see, but these become the goal. If that's what we want to be, if that, that's what an effective Christian looks like, we better figure out how to get there. You can't habitually do any of these things, but there are some things that you can add into your life that will cause you to be a person that doesn't gossip, that doesn't look at porn anymore that actually will love your wife or submit to your husband. We're going to talk about the principles that God has for us. And so I'm excited about next week. And we'll, Mickey and I will talk and see if he wants to dive into the, one of the first. In, and they're not going to be in any order. And they're, they're not exhaustive. We're just going to go and just talk about some of these things that, that are good habits um, to involve in your life so that we can be effective. Who wants to be effective? Anyone? All right. That's good. We're not done with the service, but I want to pray for that, and then we're going we're gonna to lay hands on Zach. God, as our hands were up, we want to be effective. God, and the truth is, we have fallen short. And maybe today there's some people in this room who said, I haven't just fallen short. I am, 
I am short. I, I have never reached it, God. But we pray that you will fill us with the Holy Spirit and help us to begin to develop these habits that can cause us to be effective. God, we want to be effective in our families. We want to be effective at our workplaces. God, we want to be effective for you in our communities. Lord, we don't want to have a fake badge of Christianity that we wave around that says WWJD. We want to be the real deal. Disciples, servants, friends, followers of Jesus. Help us to understand in these coming weeks how to become that and get that relationship in the right order. Bless us all today in Jesus' name. Amen. So that, that means you gotta, you, if you just come for this message, you're going to miss out so much, so you've got to come back. If you are visiting, um, you can at least watch online at, at the church. So we're going we're gonna to invite Zach up. So for those of you who don't know, my son, my second son, is going into the Coast Guard. Very proud of him. He deploys on, he gets, goes to boot camp on the 7th of July. We're going on vacation on Wednesday to Missouri, which his deployment date actually um, changed. Like it was, it was first in May, and then COVID pushed it all the way to September. We made our vacation plans, and then it says, oh, no, not September, July 7th. And, and so he's flying back from Missouri to LAX two days before we do um, to stay in a hotel, and he ships out early, early. Tuesday, July 7th. He's going to spend eight weeks with the two weeks, eight weeks in boot camp. And then because of COVID, unless it changes, he doesn't get to come home. He will go straight to a duty station waiting to be uh, in the Coast Guard. You go to a duty station without an actual job title and just work until he goes to school. And that school is six months, four months. And all this time, it's possible we won't get to see him at all for a year. And then, um, where do you want to, I'm going to let him tell you his number one desire for a duty station and his number two. Bahrain. Bahrain. Bahrain is the Middle East. That's his desire to go. He wants to go serve the, the U.S. and the Coast Guard in the Middle East. And, um, and, uh, he, he does, he's not all, all altruistic. He does want to serve, but if he does that, he might get to pick uh, Hawaii as his second duty station. <laughs> so a year in the Middle East might buy him Hawaii. Anyway, so, so he's leaving. He's going, uh, he's, I, you guys know him. I mean, he's a sheriff explorer now. He just got promoted in the sheriff explorers to corporal. Um, he's, a good, he's a good man. Uh, he's been blessing us. He's done worship for the youth group and for the church since he was like, 12 or 13 and on the drums and, and he's just served around here forever. We're going to miss him. I'm going to miss him. Mama's going to miss him. Mom's going to come up too. And we're going to pray. So we can, we can cry in public and we're just going to gather around our elders and Mickey and Susie and Joe and, and uh, just come and let's pray for Zach and stretch out your hand. If anyone has a prophecy over him, that is okay if you've got a word of God. And um, And, but we're going to pray in the microphone if you want to pray. In the, that way those at home can agree with us too. Father, we just thank you for Zach, Lord.
We thank you for what you're doing in his life, God, the desires and the purposes that you have put, the plans that you have put into his heart. He is a no-nonsense kid, and I love that about him. In a lot of ways, he's I've kind of, a, you know, I feel like he's almost an extension of my family as well. So I, I just pray for him, Lord, and that you would guide him, protect him, and go before him like you promised, Lord. Amen. Lord, we thank you for Zach and who he is, Lord, for the man that you've already made him. And Lord, we pray that as he goes, that you will walk with him right next to him, Lord. And we pray that you'll use him for ministry, that uh, people's lives will be touched. And I just pray, Lord, a little special prayer for him that he'll get to surf in some great spots. <laughs> Father, thank you so much for the ministry that Zach has done in our body, Lord. Um, Father, take that experience and move it with him and throughout his career as a Coast Guardman. Lord, uh, watch over and protect him, guide him, help him to make the right choice for the right reasons. Father, bless him with your strength and your wisdom. Bless him with your compassion and your understanding. Lord, we just thank you. <laughs> Lord, we just agree with every prayer in God as you as you send him. Let him be so filled with the Spirit, God, that you would overflow him even in, in gifts of, of discernment and wisdom. God, let him be a blessing to those around him. God, uh, in his prayers, in his example. God, um, we know that you have great things for him because truly you, you do have great things for all of us if we'll submit. So we pray that he'll continue to submit to your path as, as he has and that you would use him. God, we... we God, the hard prayer is not just to keep him safe, God. Really, it's to use him. God, as he puts himself out there, I pray that he is effective. And I know that he's willing to be effective at any cost, spiritually and physically. God, let him have that supernatural wisdom to, to know the things to say and to know the things to do. Let him be an example in faith, but also even in the natural. God, let him rise up um, to those around him. God, bless him. Lord, I think everything's pretty much been covered, but I would just um, pray, Lord, that you would bring um, a friend. Lord, that you would bring someone that he could connect with um, another believer, Lord, that they could hold each other up and be strength to each other. And God, I pray that you would just hold fast to you, Lord, that um, God, that he just hold tight to you. You are faithful, God, when we are not. And, and I just pray that you would just always reveal your faithfulness to him you would know that you are you are never you're right there you are never far from him you're right next to him lord 
we just um, we just ask for your protection and your favor on him. That you would just pour out your love on him. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. And uh, make sure you get coming. You know, he, he, he's huggable. He's, not, a, he's not, not worried about getting anything. No, I, I will say this. If you think you, honestly, if you think you might have COVID or something, don't give him a hug. It, that would mess up everything for him right now. So, but if you're safe, come and give him a hug if you want. Say whatever you want and stick a $20 bill in his pocket if you want. But um, just kidding. Um, hey, bless you guys. He didn't want to. I asked him. And it's his birthday today, too. And Josh. We got birthdays. So, yeah. Amen. Um, so give, give birthday hugs, too. And, and love each other. You don't have to, to, to run off. Um, we'll see you. Uh, well, I won't see you next week. But don't miss. Don't miss the number one in the series here. And uh, we will see you around. Be safe and be godly. Amen. Bless you guys.